Welcome to The Real Deal with Jen Costa, your podcast for all things spiritual, where I take you along on my journey through life and we talk about mediumship, all things woo, and everything in between. Let's get started. So today I'm going to talk about sacred travel and my trip to Egypt that I took in February of 2020, which was right before the pandemic started. Over the weekend, I was like, I'm going to record a podcast, but like couldn't figure out what it was going to be on. And this idea came to me literally today as I was washing dishes. This past weekend, we went to the MFA and the MFA, if you haven't been, is the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston and it has a... Egyptian exhibit there and I remember going there as a kid and being like shook at the mummies like I saw these mummies and like I don't know but I was like fascinated by them and like that memory stayed with me and was like seared into my brain because I just was so like tripped out by it even as a kid and then today I was looking at Instagram and Lauren Rainbow who is actually was the host of the Egypt trip that I went on was on Instagram talking about her Egypt trip, which is, there's one this November of 2023. And I looked at the bottom because I definitely am going to go back. And she mentioned something about this being maybe the last one for a little bit as she like reevaluates and sees what other kind of offers or explores other options in her own business. So I was like, all right, that's it. That's what I'm going to talk about today. I've never talked about this one. So how did I end up going to Egypt in the first place? Well, I was studying mediumship development and taking a class, which funny enough, Lauren Rainbow used to teach this class, but I've never taken a class with her before. And she had stopped teaching the class and gave it to a friend of hers and basically said, hey, you're going to take over. This woman ended up being my teacher for a long time. And she knew Lauren. So she was like, hey, Jen, you, you need to go to Egypt right? There's a lot of like Egyptian stuff that comes up for you. And like, I think you really would love it. And I think you should go. And I kept saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like, what was it three years ago? My daughter was uh, eight. So I have an eight year old at home. I'm like, single parent ish, you know, I'm divorced. I'm thinking I can't go away for two weeks to Egypt and spend thousands of dollars on this trip. You're out of your mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I kept yaying her every time I went to class. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, sure. Okay. A part of me like was like, you're going to go. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't know. Everyone's crazy, including me at this point. And then I started thinking about it. And I remembered as a kid, I like looked back connecting the dots, right? And I remember going to the MFA as a kid and seeing the, the mummies specifically at the Egyptian exhibit there and just being really fascinated by them. And then I also remember watching on Sesame Street a Bert and Ernie show where they were in Egypt and Ernie was actually a pharaoh. But the thing that really tripped me out was his voice. They changed it. They like used some audio technique or whatever and changed it. So it wasn't his voice and it was like this deep kind of echoey kind of. And like I remember watching it like a little fascinated, a little terrified but I couldn't stop watching it. And I literally to this day can like see that the mummies at the MFA and the Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street, because like some things are just seared into your memory. And those were, those were one of them. And I think for me that 
showed me that there was maybe some kind of connection there that possibly I wasn't aware of or that I needed to go. So I would kept going to class and being like, yeah, 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 I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. And then eventually one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. And I waited to like as long as I could. And then I put down the deposit and then I was like, oh, I'm in now. It's too late. You know, you lose that money. So I was like, all right, that's it. We're going on this trip. Now, I had no idea what sacred travel actually was. <laughs> I just thought we're going to go travel to Egypt, do some meditations randomly here and there. And like, that'll be it, right? Of course, I feel like I go into everything half like, or maybe three quarters blind, maybe fully blind. I don't know. But like, I literally had no idea what I was actually getting into or what potentially could happen or like the growth that could happen or the breakthroughs. I was just literally thinking I'm going on another vacation. This is like a vacation where I'm going to be a tourist like everyone else. Yeah, it was anything but that. So after I had decided, yes, I'm going to go, I'm at home one day and my phone rings and I look at my phone and I swear to you, all it says is Egypt. Like, so Egypt is calling and I just looked at it and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. There's no phone number. I never gave anyone in Egypt my phone number. Like Lauren's the only one who had it. She didn't sell her numbers or anything. And I was like look, looking at it thinking Egypt is literally calling you. And I remember telling someone the story and they're like, so like, did you answer it? And I was like, oh no, are you kidding me? Like who knows what was on the other line of that? Like Egypt was calling, noted. I took it. Like I get it. Note taken spirit. Like, all right, we're going. So, so now prior to leaving for the trip, I start doing these like Isis meditations and Isis is a, an Egyptian goddess. And I'm like, yeah, this is my girl. This is cool. Like I like her energy. I like this vibe, what she's about, what she stands for, all that. So I'm like, yeah, me and Isis, we're cool. So I'm doing all these meditations and before I get ready and Rose is like, Rose is my teacher. And she's like, you better get ready. Like you better prepare and start doing these things. And I'm like, what's this lady talking about? Prepare for what? going on a trip like what do you think's gonna happen and she's like laughing and chuckling like now looking back clearly she knew more than I did so we finally get to Egypt and I'm meeting all these people that I've never met before I think there was 16 of us total and we start going on all of these tours and excursions and like going to all these temples staying in beautiful places like it's amazing like the first hotel we stayed at like the pyramids are literally, you can see them from the hotel. It's just mind-blowing, right? So from there, we go to a bunch of temples. We go to the Isis temple, and I'm like, all right, here we go. This is, I've been preparing for this. Whatever Rose is saying, I'm preparing for. I'm not quite sure, but I'm preparing for it. So we go to the temple, and I'm like, okay, get a little teary at some point, feel a little bit of emotion. I'm like, ah, oh, all right. And then I'm like, done. Okay. And then we leave and we go to the next thing and days are going by. And I'm like, huh, wasn't that bad. I don't know what she was talking about. So one of the day that really in particular stands out, which is why I wanted to do this episode was the day we went to the Sekhmet statue. And Sekhmet is one of the last living statues, maybe even the last, I don't know. I'm not quite sure in Egypt. So they call her the, one of the last living statues, meaning it was one of the few 
statues there that has not been moved from its original location. So a lot of the temples that you might see or statues or places you might go have been moved for various reasons, maybe because of like flooding or water, but this one, I guess, has not. So we go to that Sekhmet at the Temple of Karnak, and it's this really like modest little rectangle building. It's very small. It's not larger than my like kitchen or living room. It was big enough to fit 16 people in there, like around in a circle, but not much larger. And, and that's in a circle. The temple is locked, the small square rectangle of a temple. There's no windows, no, there's just one door to get in. So they unlock the door and then we all start going in. And we left all our bags outside. And I won't give all the details, I'll just give my experience because there are things that we want to keep, we'll say sacred. So Lauren starts having us go in. And at, when I get in there, she immediately, from behind, get, guides me by the hips and puts me directly in front of the statue. And I'm like, oh, okay, thinking to myself, cool, sure, that's weird, but whatever, all right, I'm here for it. And then everyone files in and she has everyone go in a circle and then she puts one other person behind me and that was actually my roommate. So we're in there and then we're in there for a few minutes and then all of a sudden I'm starting to feel like in my chest like all these emotions and I'm like what the f is happening? <laughs> like what is this? Like we haven't done anything and I literally to this day it's hard for the mental mind to, to comprehend what actually happened there. But as far as like what words I can give you is like I started to feel all these emotions and it literally felt like someone busted into my chest and like whatever blocks I had with like say, say I'm like I was very closed like when I went there emotionally, right? And it's like literally whatever energy it was, went in, broke the concrete that was like around my heart chakra or heart or whatever, and literally like just shattered it. And I was so taken aback by it. I didn't expect that to happen. I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, it's a freaking statue. Like what is happening? And mind you, when you go in, there's like, there's no windows. There's one small square cut in like the ceiling and the light comes down at a specific angle onto the statue. So all you see is like the statue illuminated from this, like the light that's from the outside. Everything else is dark. So when you go in, your eyes are adjusting. So it's very dark. You can't see a lot. And as soon as she placed me in front of Sekhmet, I'm looking at the statue and it's very tall. It's taller than me. And I thought I was looking at her eyes, but it was actually her ears because I, my eyes were still adjusting to the dark with the little light that was coming in. And then I started to realize her eyes were below. But by that point, I was already like, why is it, why am I going to cry right now? Like it was wild to me. And so now we're all like holding hands in there. Right. And now I'm like, great. Like now I'm like sobbing <laughs> and I'm like, why am I sobbing? But I'm like, I can't stop now at this point. Now we're holding hands. And then I hear the guy's voice behind me. And then I start crying even more. And I'm like, great. And all I'm thinking is I can't stop crying. I, I think I need to wipe my nose with my hand, but I can't because I'm holding people's hands. <laughs> so I'm trying to hold it together. And it was one of the 
more profound moments in my development experience, I have to say. It was a huge, it's definitely one of like, say I had to do a top five, it's like number one so far. I've had other ones that are now adding on to that, but like there are like major moments that happen in your development journey and this was one that I just can't even totally understand and to this day sometimes when I talk about it it literally brings me to tears because I have no words or or understanding of what actually physically happened and that's why I'm like wow imagine like a statue however many years old I haven't I'm not even going to try and begin to I can probably look up how old it was but it's old right and people imagine if it has never moved And people have been going there for thousands of years to pray. Like imagine in that small little room how like, how that must feel, right? And if you're open to it. So after we're done, right? We're not even in there very long. And we finish and we're leaving and we're still at the Temple of Karnak and we're walking out. And now we're walking around and I am just a complete mess, right? I'm sobbing. I have like snots everywhere. I'm like... I can't stop crying though. That's the thing. I could not stop crying. And if you know me, I'm not a crier, especially at this point. I was not a crier. I cry now. I definitely have way more feelings and I'm way more in touch with my emotions. But then I was definitely not a crier. And I literally was like, could not shut it down. And I was like, I don't know what just happened in there, but whatever that thing was, like, it just broke me completely in the best of ways, right? And all I remember is Lauren coming over to me and being like, honey, are you okay? Trying to be all nice and like, right? Like a good guide would be and checking on me. And I literally just was like, fuck you. <laughs> and I, she just looked at me like, oh my God. And I, I laugh about it now because I'm like, I did not mean it like that. I, I What I literally could not say at that moment because of, I was feeling so much was, listen, this lady just broke me. The statue like literally broke me in half. Like whatever thing I was holding is now gone. Like she took away layers and layers of stuff that I don't even know. I can't even understand. And I don't know what to do with that. It's like literally what I should have said, but I could not even because I couldn't even gather myself right then. So poor Lauren (laughs) has no idea and is like, oh my good God, what's wrong with this girl? But it was like an amazing, amazing experience. And I want to talk a little more about the trip in general. So I went there and met 16 strangers who so many of them felt like a soul family to me. And it was wild. And also Egypt itself felt so familiar to me, which is also wild because it's so far and different than what I'm used to. I don't know, maybe I've had past lives there. Maybe, who knows, right? But there is such a familiarity with Egypt when I was there that I, I just couldn't understand it. And even now when I think about it, it literally feels like home. And I think sometimes as Americans, we have preconceived notions of places. I think Egypt from America, maybe now it's changing. But like when I was growing up, you heard it wasn't safe. You can't go there. It's not safe. And I couldn't have felt any more opposite. I felt completely safe the entire time. Never at once was I worried. And I was a cop like in big city. I know what not feeling safe feels like or being in crazy situations, I did not feel that here. 
and everyone was so joyful that you met like people it seemed like a simpler life we did so many other things on the trip we went in hot air balloons we rode camels we went to i can't tell you how many temples we floated down the nile river for a week on a boat that was an amazing part of the trip and we had an egyptologist as our guide who was amazing who i also felt like i knew from like I don't know, another life or something. There was such a familiarity with him that it's it's still, I can't wrap my head around some of these things that happened there. It's interesting because this trip makes me want to ask Lauren more questions about what she experiences with the people going on the trip. And because after she's like, oh, I knew all along I was going to put you in front of Sekhmet. And I'm like, what do you mean? What does that mean? I need to talk about this. How did you know? What did you see? So I have so many questions. So maybe I'll have her on here and we'll talk about sacred travel, what it means, her experience, her experience with people going on these trips because she's done them for so long and does them in other places. And I have to say, it is one of those trips that I will remember for the rest of my life. And I'm not just saying that, like, Lauren has no idea I'm recording this. This is not a pitch for her. This is me talking about something that literally changed my life and still gives me emotions and feelings and memories today that I can't totally comprehend. I don't know what exactly happened there, but I know something happened there. And I know it's a place that is so far from my home where I live now, but feels so familiar that I can't ignore that. And I have such a connection even now to Egypt that it's hard to understand and make sense of, but I just let it be and it is. So if you're thinking of doing sacred travel, I would highly recommend it. I would joke with Lauren and say, well, this trip doesn't suck or this doesn't suck because everything we went on was like high quality, private tours. You're alone in these temples where thousands of people are going during the day, but when you go, there's no one there. So it's like, I'm like, you have spoiled travel for me, Lauren. You literally have spoiled it. I don't know any other way to travel. And it was just an amazing experience. So if you're thinking of sacred travel, I would absolutely take a look at it. Take a look at her trips. I know she also goes to Peru and India. Uh, I have not done those yet. I am definitely at one point going to go back to Egypt. I'm not quite sure, but I will go back in this lifetime. But if you're thinking about sacred travel, I would definitely give it a shot. Know that you have no idea what's going to happen. And I don't even think you can actually prepare yourself for it. And that my experience may not be your experience. And I'm sure people I traveled with didn't have the same experience as me. So you go and have your own experience. But as long as you're open to that, you'll have a great time. And you'll also feel called to places. Like I did feel called when I went to Egypt. It kept coming up and it wasn't just from Rose reminding me. I felt a connection and then I looked back and it was the Sesame Street episode and it was me going to the MFA that there were other dots there that I could connect that felt familiar and I was like, maybe there's something here. So keep that in mind if you're like thinking about going to a place, feel into it. Like recently Lauren did a trip to India and a bunch of the people I went to Egypt with went on. And initially I was like, yeah, I want to go because they're all going, right? We had an amazing time. And then I felt into it. And as I felt into it, 
it didn't feel right. And not because India didn't feel right, but because I had somewhere else to go around a similar time. And that's where I was called to. So I had to give that the, the space and attention it needed to go where I was felt called to. So I even sometimes travel like that. Like I will, people might say, oh, let's go here or there, like feel into it and it will feel right. And when it feels right, that's when you take the leap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a review or rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to share with friends. And if you're interested in getting a reading from me, you can book directly on jencostamedium.com. Have an awesome day, and thanks for taking the time to listen.